0: Welcome to The Strategy Show. We explore with real people how to develop and deploy strategies that work. We discover how they overcome obstacles along the way, balancing both achievement and fulfillment. We dive into the most powerful routines, tactics and strategies and discover how they manage to stay fresh, strong and happy. This is your host, Simon Severino. Welcome to The Strategy Show. I'm your host, Simon Severino. We are here today with Peter Wirth, a global management consultant based in London, UK. He works with the Fortune 500 companies on solving their most relevant business problems. He was also a council member of the Royal Holloway University in London, and he is a qualified sports coach and referee. Peter, it's great to have you on our show.
1: Simon, thank you for inviting me. I look forward to it.
0: Peter, what are you currently
1: creating? Um, I think nowadays creating is an interesting word because it's something that you do all the time. I think what's absolutely key at the moment is trying to find uh, more effective ways to address real clients' problems. And what I'm trying to create at the moment is a little bit more of a... um, Structured yet unstructured process, which is going to help clients deliver, uh, help clients get um, enhanced results in a more in a more quickly way, more quicker way. I think that the uh, traditional process of um, turning up large seminars, lots of information flowing from the front to the back, um, has changed, um, and I think that we all have to try and deliver uh, much more unitary things which are specified to clients needs so in terms of creation that's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to work more closely in in uh, on clients specific issues that help them actually deliver results in a more, more in a more effective and quicker way why do
0: you do what you do
1: um well it's an interesting story i guess to all consultants really um I always said that uh, it's someone I'm someone who gets bored quite easily. Um, I managed before I became a consultant I was I worked for uh, two or three years in the world as a management trainee in the world of retail here in the UK. and what I found in every job I did after three or four months, I just used to get bored with it. Um, not suggesting I was particularly you know excellent and outstanding at it, but it used to bore me. I was always looking for some new stimulus, some new challenge. Um, I, I fell into the world of consultancy, I'm sorry to say, almost 30 years ago now. And what I instantaneously loved about it was the fact that I was able to go and work in a very high intense environment with a group of highly talented people with very, very interesting and diverse clients. It's a very short, intense process that delivers a result and then move on to the next one. So um, I hate to say it's something like a low attention span because that kind of sounds a bit negative. But I think somewhere in the makeup, I need to be doing something different. I need to be addressing a challenge from my perspective. You know, I need to be doing something different. It's what keeps me fresh and keeps me young, I hope.
0: What do you not stand for?
1: Um, What do I not stand for? I don't like doing the same old, same old, same old thing time and time again. Um, I don't like, uh, just turning up and delivering something to a client, but I delivered to a different client the week before. Um, I don't like, uh, putting people when I work with them in positions, which, you know, they're uncomfortable in that they feel they can't succeed at. Um, I difficult to say what I don't stand for, but I try and be absolutely honest and straightforward with clients with colleagues with people who work with me um and and what i don't stand for is i don't stand for people who try and have an angle or a perception or try and put their own slant on something look people i find so i've worked with organizations in the past they have a solution and it doesn't really matter what the client's problem is the problem will get shoehorned into a solution uh, i try and think of it the other way around the client has and that's what i don't stand for um, the client has a problem. I've got to try and take an array of tools that I have access and knowledge of, and, and adapt them to their problem. So that's really what I sort of don't stand for, and I do stand for kind of thing.
0: What do people really buy when they buy your offering?
1: I think with uh, all people in our kind of business, it, in essence, they buy they buy the person, they buy the the engagement. With the person they got buy the um, uh, the contact with the the person because I, I'm not suggesting I have a whole range of unique tools knowledges and understandings that nobody else in the world has but I have a way of delivering them which will be slightly different than someone else who might deliver the same tools and I think what people do when they buy, uh uh, when they buy me as opposed to someone else's they buy because of the connection they make with me on a human level and i think if you can make a connection with a client on a human level not only does that make you a better consultant it also guarantees that the client will get a better outcome from it because they're you're you're committed as in sort of partnership so you know i think that uh, people you know, what I try and get is people buy me. I don't turn up to seminars, deliver a seminar, however well we do it, and then walk away. I'm there before, help with the preparation, I'm there after. I'm always available for clients anytime, irrespective of whether we are sort of in a billing period or not billing period for that perspective. So, you know, I, I think that um, they, when, people, clients desire, when clients when you clients know buy me, I think they buy the person and they buy that attitude to work. And I hope that's uh, something that people enjoy and like. Whose approval
0: means most
1: to you? Um, I don't really need approval in my life. Um, It's interesting. interesting. I I mean, I I think the best thing that I can actually hear from any client is that uh, actually I don't think you did very much at all. Uh, And the reason I say that sounds a bit silly to say, but the reason I say that is that when you've got that level of um, implementation, you've got that sort of ingrained knowledge with the client, what it means is they've really taken on board uh, everything that the that that you've done so uh, i don't seek approval i don't my name doesn't need to be up in lights my name doesn't need to be you know trumpeted um as this program delivered by peter worth etc 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 cetera. Et cetera, et cetera. Um, i'm interested in you know the the almost subconscious approval of my uh, uh the people i work with on, on the basis that they ingrain what we've talked about into their life and cha- and and change the way they function operate both on a business level and on a personal level. So, it's not. I don't need to seek approval from my own personal perspective.
0: One failure that triggered later
1: success. Difficult one. Um, ooh, difficult one. Difficult one. Difficult one. I think that. Um, <clears throat> I think it's very important to make failures, make, make mistakes. Um, you know, the, the, the famous Henry Ford comment of, if you show me a man that's never made a mistake, um, you'll show me a man who's never made anything. Um, and, and I'm a strong believer in that. And I think what I'd like to do to, to try and give an analogy with this one um, is talk a little bit about something outside business. You know, my life as a – you described me as a referee um, uh, in your intro. Uh, I'm actually a cricket umpire. Um, that that's my refereeing job it's the uh, not a sport that's well known particularly in Europe but a sport that's pretty big over here in the UK um, I'm actually a cricket umpire and um, I'm a qualified umpire I'm a, a, a an ECB qualified umpire and I, I started many some years ago 10 years ago umpiring our local cricket club uh, team and like all things when you you know doing a, a social thing you turn up you know not so much late you turn up in a rush you change etc cetera, etc cetera. you rush out there you organize the game and then you start umpiring and, and and immediately the intensity is on you to you know run the game in a way that everyone enjoys it and the captain said to me uh, after three or four um uh matches he said you know may i give you some feedback peter and of course i said yes i i really appreciate all the feedback that anyone can give me he said that i've noticed he said you're a very good umpire but when you make mistakes you always make mistakes early in the game he said and what i would you know give you some suggest to you or give you some feedback on is that maybe your preparation for the game you know, isn't good enough. You should give yourself a bit more time to prepare so you're more settled when you come out uh, uh, to umpire the game. And I thought it was a very good bit of feedback. I took it on board. Hopefully I'm a better umpire now uh, for doing it. But I think what it's also taught me uh, in my business life is that, you know, again, the old saying, if you fail to prepare, you prepare to fail. So I will prepare, uh, you know, all my work, any seminar, any workshop any um, strategic challenge that I'm addressing however many times I've worked with the client or the subject before I'll always prepare it like it's the first time Um, and then that makes me uh, keen sharp when it comes to uh, working with clients so I think that's the 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 failure you know my my favorite failure I think that uh, um, that I, I I work with I learned from sorry
0: the two people you influenced most and how they describe your impact you had on them
1: um well um two people for imp- uh, that influenced me most I-, I think the first one was the the first guy i worked for in consultancy who's a guy called richard Steele, and, and he worked for a small consultancy um in the uh, based in the uk and we worked also in various parts of europe and and the states um and it was when i first started in in consultancy and i grew worked and grew with him for for 10 11 years and i think the the major um point that richard taught me was that you know, actually everything's possible. You know, when you come out of a corporate environment into consultancy like I did, uh, particularly at the sort of, you know, junior stroke middle management in my, my mid to late 20s, um, you know, there's always a feeling that you, you can't do this for this reason and you can't do this for this reason and you can't do this for this reason. And I think what Richard Steele taught me was that it was a, um, you know, everything was possible. Everything was possible, in the uh uh, in the world of consultancy it's about organization it's about motivation it's about analyzing things so i think he i mean that was a valuable lesson which has stayed with me in consultancy uh throughout the time the second person um who who i met was about 15 years ago um a little bit over maybe um i did some work with a guy called aubrey daniels um aubrey daniels is known as the the father of behavior-based management the understanding of um how to actually work with people to to deliver uh improvements he's written a number of very interesting books um uh, on the subject um and it was one of those guys who when i first listened to him um, you know, coming really from a sort of operational and systemic background, to listen to him talk about how the motivation and how to work with people to get people to change, it really was an eye opener to me. And um, he's a very brilliant man. He's quite an old man now. But like all old consultants, he hasn't retired. He carries on delivering his seminars, a very famous American man who's terrifically Terrifically good guy, and I had some pleasure spending a lot of time with him uh, as he did some speaking tours of the UK, and um, he was great. Um, I, I really enjoyed spending time with him. Current favorite books? Uh, books. Um, I'm a big believer, big lover, say big believer, big lover of books um biographies autobiographies specifically i like understanding um how people think um autobiographies there are thousands of them around some of them particularly poor written as um you know cash cows for the various people um mm. there are a number of uh interesting books uh, a famous one that uh a, fa- a famous one over here in the united kingdom that um uh, that I read and it really affected me was a book by a, a cricketer. This is my sport, cricket. Um, a book called "Marcus," Tris- a book by a cricketer Marcus Trisothic. and the book's called "Coming Back to Me." Um, and this described uh, a very famous cricketer who basically had a mental disintegration due to depression um, and because he was a very famous cricketer and it was um happened when he was touring playing for England the 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 actual you know almost collapse he had was vi- vividly covered you know almost by modern television on a 24/7 basis um and he was one of the first sports people who has stood up and said you know actually I have a mental illness. Um, it's called depression and it's okay to talk about it. Um, you know, I think there was always a sort of feeling that in, in business, in sport, that everyone needs to be hard. Everyone needs to be focused. Everyone needs to, um, you know, man up if you like, uh, and do these things. Um, and he was the first person who said, look, I've got a problem and I want to talk about it in the world of sport. And a number of people have come out. Uh, it won the, uh, the sunday times book of the year award a number of years ago and it's a it's a brilliant brilliant uh brilliant brilliant book i'm interesting also reading at the moment another sorry to bore your listeners with cricket but this is my big sport uh, i'm interested in another interesting autobiography um by a controversial cricketer uh, a very controversial cricketer called jeffrey boycott over in this country um and he's written a book called the corridor of certainty which deals with his life Um, His life working in in cricket, post cricket, his battle with a very nasty uh, cancer. He's a very diverse figure in the world of cricket. Some people absolutely love him, absolutely hate him. Um, And um, he he really has uh, uh, captured, again, showed how vulnerable he is, which is not something you'd have seen from the outside. If I could grab one more quickly, Simon. Um, I was very privileged many years ago to attend a a lunch with um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu in Johannesburg in South Africa. I mean, I say there were about 150 of us, it wasn't him and myself and Archbishop Tutu. Um, And I listened to him talk about uh, the fight against apartheid that he was a a leader uh, in in the Obviously, the '60s and '70s and, and and '80s, and it was inspirational listening to him. And I, I bought a copy of his his book, and he very kindly signed it, and autographed it for me. The book called "The Rainbow People of God." It's quite an old book now, but inspirational when you think about people who are working against the um, working against um, you know uh, uh, the system but but with a a real view that they what they were doing were right so um so i i, I love all those books I, I i enjoy books um generally i'm um i think i think it's quite sad that modern modern world try, tends to sort of reduce things to 150 characters or less on a tweet but i really enjoy books i love reading uh, uh listening to p- taking time to read books because i really think you can get into people and those are a few that i've found very interesting and inspirational in my past What's a guilty pleasure, a guilty pleasure, (laughs) a guilty pleasure. Have I got a guilty pleasure? Yeah, I guess I probably have. Um, I think my guilty pleasure is, is in essence in, in hard work. I mean, it sounds a silly thing to say, but I, I do actually enjoy working, delivering you know, long time, long days, it is a slightly guilty pleasure. The fact that you can go to bed and you can be so tired out both intellectually and physically because you've done a really good day's work, Mm -hmm. that's a guilty pleasure. I mean, another guilty pleasure would be the opportunity, I think, to use what skills I have in the voluntary environment, I've been very lucky. Um, you introduced me as a counsellor for the Royal, Ho- Royal Holloway College, uh, which I did for eleven years, um, and that was a, a purely voluntary role. Uh, you didn't get paid. You used to get one decent dinner and even a year uh, as kind of in inverted commas your payment for it. And it was a it was a, a pleasure for me, not necessarily a guilty one, just to to the counsellors made up of about thirty people with all different backgrounds to kind of use my. Um, my background, my skills, my knowledge and my experience to help an organization that helped me in the past that I feel very passionate about um, and do that. So I think that was possibly my guilty pleasure if that's uh, uh, a good enough excuse.
0: It's a very good excuse. (laughs) And I am remembering being with you in New York, in Paris, at like 2 o'clock in the morning and saying, come on, Peter, I think it's good enough. We have to start again at six o'clock tomorrow. <laughs> we are here to do a very good job, and we are.
1: Going yeah, to- we had some good fun in those times, didn't we, Simon? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: What did you recently changed your mind about? Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that question, Simon. What did you recently changed your mind about?
1: Hmm. What did I recently change my mind about? Um, Well, I could be flippant and say whether my football team, West Ham, was going to survive in the Premier League this season. I used to think yes, and now I think maybe no. Um, but, I mean, changing my mind, I I think on a, on a micro scale, I mean, my mind is, is kind of changed all the time because I always try and think about something new, something different, some new way of doing things, some new uh, uh, input impact we can have. I, I don't think I've ever had a sort of, you know, conversion on the road to Damascus kind of moment that I've thought A and something has come along and and thought hmm, B. Um, suddenly I think it's B now, not A. So I, I think that you know, my life in consultancy now, as I say, going on 30 years, it's been about constantly evolving, constantly evolving me as a consultant um, and uh, equipping myself with the skills and the tools that I can have to help my clients. Um, and so, if you like, it, it's always been a constant element of change and changing my mind, thinking this used to be good. Now I can improve it and make it better. So try not to change my mind too often. Um, it's uh, difficult when you've got children. Otherwise, they, they start thinking you're a bit indecisive. But uh, um, I try not to change my mind too often. I try and keep an open mind about most things um, rather than rather than have very fixed views. A secret talent. <laughs> a secret talent. Um, well, I, I suppose, you know, I've obviously talked... Um, uh, uh, quite a lot about business and i've talked a lot about my life in in, in cricket i mean if you want to really seek it talent um I, I suppose people don't might be interested to know i'm a very good tractor driver because one of the jobs i end up doing is uh, is cutting large swathes of grass at my cricket club which means h- hitching up a tractor and hitching up gang mowers on the back of it which is very difficult very different to cutting your your lawn at home so so i suppose um uh, my, my my secret talent would be that I'm a uh, uh, I'm a tractor driver um I, my secret talent is I don't know particularly in the voluntary world where i I spend quite a bit of my time um not spending my time but i mean i you know i I try and and live my life pretty well in the voluntary area as well as in the uh, uh in the corporate area and i suppose my secret talent would be that i'm prepared to give everything a go i mean again some while ago um Someone decided that my club needed a new website. So I stuck my hand up and said, yeah, I'll give it a go. I don't really know much about designing websites, but I'll find someone, we'll work together, we'll produce a framework. So, I don't know, secret talent is that I'm uh, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty unperturbable and I think I'll, I'll give most things a go, um, obviously knowing when I'm, I'm out of my depth to ask for help. But uh, um, our resilience and giving most things a go, I think I'd probably go with that.
0: Who would miss your services if they were gone? And what exactly would people miss?
1: Um, Who would miss my services? Well, I I think that um, um, clearly, obviously, clients, people that uh, uh, I work with, I hope, would miss miss my services if they've gone. I I think what I try and do when I work with people, and I had an example only last year, is that the participants themselves because i i I don't just want to engage with you know the 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 client management who's who's working with who you're working with to design this i want to engage on a human level with my participants as well and i always say to people you know the seminars over now friday afternoon or wednesday afternoon or whenever it happens to be but you know what i don't want to do is i don't want to never hear from you guys again i'm i'm always happy to have emails fly through fly through and we can discuss things and chat things and if you've got a problem you know send me an email i might be able to send you a paper or write something quickly for you i don't think about you know automatically rushing for my invoicing but when this happens i consider it part of my, my my job my responsibility to do so and i had um a situation last year with a client who i hadn't spoken to i've had actually two three recently actually uh um uh, I hadn't spoken to for a year, a year and a half, and I just got a, a an email out of the blue, and he said, "I've moved to this new um, uh, this new job, this new this new function in the um, uh, 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 in the company. I've got in there. I have to implement a change program in this particular area. I've particularly why I've been moved in there. You know, youngish guy with his first you know cut at senior management and." Um, you know working with an older sort of established senior management which he is sort of being replaced and and a, and a company that needs some change you know it, it, is there somewhere you can help me is there some you know contact you can provide for me some contact you can you can give me which is going to help me whatever sort of kind of things and the opportunity just to sort of you know explain uh, you know to him you um, Send him a couple of papers, have a discussion with him over the telephone, and eventually, you know, end up doing it. I think that's something that he would have missed. I wouldn't. I would never want to be the kind of person who turned around and said, um, "Well, no, I'm terribly sorry, I don't work for you anymore. You're out of cycle, or you're out of this, or whatever." So, uh, I'm happy to give you my advice, but you know, here's the invoice to come. It's not what I would like to do. So, so I, I hope that's what uh, uh, what what people would miss if I wasn't around. I mean, I could also be glib and say, "I I have three teenage children." um and um if i stopped driving them around in my car all the time they'd miss that as well but um i think the important one is the the one up front i hope that my all my clients not just the sort of senior clients the clients who who employ me for one of a better description would 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 miss my what i like to think is enhanced service really good service you know the ability to you know create not just a trainer for a week but the ability to have um you know a contact or 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 a a confidant in the world it's quite useful to them you know for a longer period of time
0: your current biggest fear and how do you dance with it
1: (laughs) my current biggest fear um my current busy, biggest fear. Again, I, I, I try not to fear too many things. Um, fear is not a particularly positive emotion, in in in, in my view. Um, you know, I, I don't really think I have any fears in that sense. I think that one's always looking forward to the future looking forward to challenges that you can overcome i mean if i was to suppose honestly to to i suppose one better as i'm you very kindly invited me on your webcast a a pan-european webcast um i suppose my biggest fear is if i could just be political for a second is probably what's going to happen to the uk economy post march 2019 when we leave the european union which is um not something that uh, i am particularly happy about
0: is it really going to happen sorry there are some discussions about going back
1: i certainly hope so um there seems to be i i I certainly hope so i mean i i i'm i I better identify myself as a firm remainer um Mm -hmm. not just because the fact that you know, I spent a lot of my time working in Europe as well. I just think that Europe um, is a family. We're all a family, a family of people who come together because we're stronger together than we are apart. And in every family, you have squabbles. Um, you know, in every family, you've got, you know, the X wing of the family that you don't particularly like or you've got the Y um, you know dotty aunt who 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 upsets people at christmas parties <laughs> but at the end of the day however much that happens we are family and uh, we work we're stronger together as a family than than apart um, and and that's my view you know on europe i don't think europe all europeans have to uh, agree with everything that europe does but i think we're stronger together and i my perception obviously being having had a chance to to work in Europe is that, you know, obviously, Austrians, Germans, other people from Europe, they also have frustrations with the European Union. And in this country, it is always sold by the people as it's, you know, one enormous great European super state, which is, you know, believes everything the same trying to swallow up the UK, which I know for a fact it's not. I hope so. I hope that someone has enough sense to say that the question we were asked in the referendum, like uh, it, it is a question you can't ask a simple question to a complex, you can't ask for a simple answer to a complex question as it was, and I hope that we do get a chance to um, uh, have another democratic, for want of a better description, because I'm not convinced it was democratic, and we we ha- we have a chance to have a another democratic. Um, uh uh response to it and um i i hope that uh the time hasn't cu- ha- is not too late for the country of the uk of which i'm a member can collectively come to its senses and realize that what they're about to do is 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 embark upon a step into what i consider to be the dark ages where as so where the newspapers in this country triumph every sort of. The major triumph seem to be that I'll be able to have a blue passport in the future, not a not not a maroon one anymore, which is absolutely pointless to me, one way or the other.
0: Current favorite problems or research questions you are tackling?
1: Um, I think the current my my current problem, um, and again. At the risk of sounding glib, but i don't want it to sound like a problem i want it to sound like an opportunity it's an opportunity for people like me people like you simon and all of us in the business is the i mean the desire for two things first of all clients always want things done more quickly um and that's a, you know if you like the modern the modern way of wanting to get everything done that much more more quickly, more more, more sharply, and secondly, um, I've noticed a trend in um, in the world of, of, of business, and particularly in the sort of development world rather than the consulting world, as I, I span both of them, that a, a lot of people are moving into more, um, you know, how can I say it? Seminars which are driven to you know driven not necessarily by by management people but by more um esoteric people um driven by people like you know actors and um they're splitting seminars up into you know very small working groups now i'm all in favor of seminars going to working groups but i do also think there's sort of uh, there's there's a small amount of fundamental knowledge that you need to do it and there needs to be sort of coordinated feeling so I, i think that trying to um, bring together the the understanding of the need for knowledge, along with the client's desire for these. Um, and it's been said to me these more fun because we want to have fun in our seminars. Uh, approaches, uh, along with the fact that things need to be uh, tighter and and shorter, I think is the, the the current favorite problem I have. And I think it's a challenge, and I think it's a good it's a good challenge. Uh, we're only as good as you know what our last customer says about us um and um you know i look forward to designing more interesting and more useful um things for clients and using you know different types of people with uh, uh, different types of people with clients
0: what helped you being successful
1: Um, I'm lucky I've always worked with a lot of people a lot of great people Um, I'm I'm I I learn from everybody it doesn't matter what level I'm in an organization or what level I am in uh, a company or what role I'm 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 performing I like to think I have a learning culture I I try and learn every day that uh, I'm at work um, I learn from you know a, every person that I have the privilege of working with. I learn from every client I have the privilege of work with. Work with, um, I even learn things from my kids, from my family, which are which are new different things. So I think the fact that I'm I'm never happy with the status quo, with my own status quo, with my own knowledge, um, is is such that that's what you know what 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 keeps me keen in it. I I just love learning. I love variety i love learning i love doing different things
0: a recent regret
1: a recent regret um uh, i I suppose i mean you know it's it's um it's always easy to to say isn't it but um recently in my life I, I suppose you could turn around and say you should spend more time with your friends um, um you know i i'm I, I lost a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago who was not many many more years older than me and although you see a great deal of him um it's always nice to to spend more time with people so a recent regret yeah sometimes that you don't spend enough time you know, with your friends, just talking outside the business environment would be a particular regret. Although I guess that's obviously because of the the the, the current situation that I'm in. I try not to look back too much, but I think it's taught me that, um, you know, to spend more time, to make more time, to engage with more people uh, as much as I can uh, on a personal uh, uh, level. So rather than just sort of assume that they'll be, you know, at the function or the cricket club in three or four months time to kind of think a bit more like that so I guess that's possibly a regret at the moment yeah
0: Our beloved Peter Drucker would say well then we have to get better at saying no to something what have you become better at saying no to?
1: Um, I I think that um, what I like to say what I say no to are things that I can't do because um, you know, if a client particularly asks me for something and I can't do it either from a technical point of view or from a time point of view, I think that I'm misleading them and myself if I try and do it and try and shoehorn it in and don't make it, don't do it properly. So uh, I think that um, you know, the ability to 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 say no to uh, to clients to if you do not feel you can deliver at your um standard you set yourself i think is Im, 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 important um and i i think that's um uh something that we all need to have we need to have we we as as consultants we have our strengths and our abilities uh in in particular areas and you know i have the ones that i believe and my clients believe are uh, uh our strengths and abilities and i think that when one asks so when, when one's asked for something outside that I think one needs the courage to say no but I can help you find someone who does do this or this or this and so not be afraid really to to sort of say to a client it's a very big challenge I totally agree with you I'm happy to help you work, work with you on this but actually you need somebody else who has this kind of knowledge this kind of specialist knowledge um, of the the situation because it's it's not me and I wouldn't do as good a job as they would I think that's what, uh, what, what's one of the key things to think about
0: when you find yourself being overcommitted, overscheduled, overwhelmed, how do you get back on track?
1: Um, I'm a I'm a very simple person, Simon, as you know, um, and um, I, I work with my to-do list and when you do you do in this business keep a keep a process of you you do get situations where you think i've got this to do this do this do this do this do and i work with a very very simple to-do list whether it's electronic on my outlook diary or whether it's in my pad of paper and it's simply a case of making sure you've got all the things written down and all the things all the deadlines that you need to do and that in itself is a healing process it's a healing process to do that because once you've actually define that it's it's never a, a, as bad as you think about it in in your mind and then once you've done that you it's much easier to put the extra hours in to to do the work because you've you, you've kind of resolved in your own mind the planning issue and now it's just the application if you if you just start blindly doing things you always got the back of your mind that you've forgotten this and forgotten that and forgotten this and forgotten that so i'm an old traditionalist i simply write out a list of uh, things on my piece of paper. I look at them and think, uh, classify them according to uh, importance and urgency, and I will uh, attack them from top to bottom or bottom to top. It was actually um, Aubrey Daniels who once um, <laughs> who, who once uh, gave me a little trick, which I'll, I'll, I'll pass on to, to you guys about. He, he said that when you've got a list of things to do all of equal importance, he said what you do is write them. On a list, a piece of paper, in the order that you most enjoy doing them. So, if you most enjoy doing them, you put the top, and then the next one, three, four, all the way down. You know, to the job that you least enjoy doing, which is number fifteen on the list. He said, and then what you do is when you work, you start at the bottom of a list and work upwards. He said, <laughs> and of course, what you do then is you find that every job you do is more and more reinforcing to you, and is more and more fun, and so keeps you going rather than starting at the top where every job becomes slightly, you know, more unpleasant to do. He said, start at the bottom and work up. And I got to say, I do remember that every now and then as well. Start at the bottom and work up.
0: The best investment you did recently, being it time, energy or money?
1: I think the best investment, and I think that, that um, the best investment I've made, and it is um, an investment which i haven't made enough of and and that's something i think that common says the best investment i've made is the time effort and energy that i put into my children i'm very lucky to have three wonderful children one is just graduating from university one is about to go to university uh one of them is uh, just doing his his first set of big exams here in the uk at the age of uh, of 16 uh, i'm immensely proud of them the way they've uh, the way they've turned out. Um, I'm immensely proud of what they uh, achieve doing. And no amount of effort and energy that I've ever put in them could be called a a waste of investment. And uh, I hope they all have very good and successful lives. So I think that's that's my investment answer. I think I'll take a personal one on that one, if I may. Mm -hmm.
0: The favorite bit of your favorite comedian...
1: The favourite bit of my favourite comedian, goodness. Well, you and I have shared um, mm-hmm. some some interesting uh, uh, looks at the comedian Michael McIntyre, who who is. Um, uh, very good, of course. The UK, the modern UK uh, comedian, um, and he is lovely because, as as uh, as any of your listeners who haven't seen him, he's well worth looking at on on YouTube. Michael McIntyre is his name because he takes normal day to day things and and draws them out into the comedic angles of them. I, I think that was um, was very good. I think uh, I can show my age a little bit by going back a little bit more. And I think that um, before the advent of satellite TV and the sort of Mass proliferation of TV. I think some of the the comedians, for want of a better description, in the in the past and comic actors in the past, people like you know uh, Eric Morcombe, Ernie Wise, people who who grew up on the uh, in the music halls of the UK and then made it big on on the TV were very good. I think people like comedic actors like um, David Jason, who shows his or Sir David Jason, I should say, who shows his great strength by being able to go between it being intensely funny in comic roles and being very, very good in dramatic roles. Um they're very good. If you wanted me to tie me down to one particular one, and again, it's something that's easily lookable on YouTube if any of the listeners want to catch it up. It's if you if you look at uh, dear uh, Eric Morkham and Ernie Wise, Morkham wise did a Christmas sketch with the um, uh, the head of the the, the, London, the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra, a guy called Sir, Sir Andre Previn, um, probably 25 years ago now. Um, and you've got the very serious uh, Royal Philharmonic Orchestra there with two brilliant, brilliant comedians, um, Eric Morecambe and Ernie Wise. And that, I think, is a comedy classic if you want to see them do uh, Rachmaninoff's Concerto, I think, together. Brilliant, brilliant. Morecambe Wise with Andre Previn
0: which skills are you constantly refining
1: Um, I hope all of them Um, I'm uh, I come from a learning background I hope I'm always trying to to um, to refine to improve my skills one of the things you started this uh, this interview by talking to you know by saying what was it that got me into consultancy and one of, uh, you know as we draw to the close it, it's it's coming full circle. One of the reasons that I enjoy this job so much is that I'm constantly learning, I'm constantly challenged, I'm constantly different, uh, constantly having to uh, act and react to to clients' demands. So you know I, I think that I'm always trying to enhance all of my skills. Both technical knowledge uh, and uh, delivery skills, and, and 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 everything. So, I I, de- I don't like the status quo. Um, you know, in my personal life or in my business life, I'm already always constantly trying to improve things. In my personal life, I spend my life, you know, continuing the professional development to be a better referee, to be a better coach. Uh, in my personal life, as well as in in my business life. So, you know, I'm. I'm always constantly trying to improve everything that I do and I hope that's, uh, that's something that a lot of us in this world of consultancy do.
0: What helps you stay healthy and regenerate?
1: Um, I, I think what's, what helps me stay healthy and regenerate and again i think it's the opportunity to be able to do very different things and um you know as i alluded to the fact that as i'm sure you and and i hope a lot of the guys people listening to this might know is that we we have a very intense life we spend a lot of time in hotels and traveling and, and and doing such things and and working you know long days and long hours to deliver what we do to clients and it's, of course, our pleasure to do it. And I think what keeps me healthy and regenerate is that I can actually come away and um, do something different, which is also stimulating and um, improving. And, you know, it, it, it keeps you fresh. And the particular example that I will use is that uh, I'm I'm not currently coaching uh, cricket at the moment, my sport, but I, I used to coach cricket. Uh, very much on um uh, and coaching night was was friday night and myself and my son who is or my oldest son who's also a qualified cricket coach we um we used to get we, we got the under seven year old group of kids to coach on a friday night and if you can just put the scenario together that uh, the under sevens who've been at school all week and are completely hyperactive their parents who have come down to watch and have a nice glass of uh, wine uh, while they watch their kids learning to play cricket. It is, to a certain extent, advanced child-minding for them. And I, it was terrific fun working with a load of hyperactive seven-year-old kids who were significantly <laughs> challenging to everything you wanted to do whilst trying to coach them in a structured format uh, on a Friday afternoon when you might have spent all week <laughs> working with the board of directors of, you know, a top energy company or an engineering company or an oil company or whatever and they're worried about strategic issues of here and strategic issues of there and suddenly on friday night i'm worried about little johnny running off to go this way and the fact that little george has got to go to the toilet over there and i mean it's just lovely to have the different sort of thing it was really challenging tiring but it was just fantastic because it was different and that's what i enjoyed about it.
0: beautiful what's on your bucket list and what would you like to experience or see in the next years
1: um, I interesting bucket list isn't it um, I, I I knocked one thing off my bucket list a few years ago um, which I, I must talk again you know, I've talked a bit about my family I've talked a little bit about cricket and one of the things I really wanted to do was be was still be able to play a proper um, competitive game of cricket. With both my sons, um, at the same time, I never managed it with my father, but, uh, um, I managed to do it with my sons, and I've done it a couple of times since. Um, so, so that was one thing off my bucket list. I think on my bucket list at the moment, um, is is a couple of things. First of all, I've travelled a great deal all over the world, and the difficulty we have with us is, as you know, we travel. And we travel all the time. We never see anything because we spend our life going from airports to hotels. And and one place I've never traveled to, and when I do, I will go and look at it and see it, is San Francisco. It's always been on my uh, my bucket list to get to San Francisco. I've never been there. Um what else would I like to see? Um, in, to go back to sporting um, uh, category, um, I would like to go and watch baseball in America. Big baseball fan I am as well, um, and I'd like to go and see, uh, watch some baseball um, um, in America. Uh, on my bucket list, I'd like to see obviously all my kids nicely happy and settled and content in their lives, as um, you know, as they get to the stage now where they're all of them adults. Well, not quite all of them, but they're very close to becoming adults. So I'd like to see them happy uh, uh, and settled um, uh, in their own their own lives, and still make that transition from being a parent to a friend. I hope with them. Um, so yeah, I think that's my 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 bucket list that I want to do.
0: Is there something I forgot to ask?
1: No, I think it's been a a, a pretty comprehensive uh, discussion. It's been um, it's been great fun sort of having a chance to sit and shoot the breeze, as they say, uh, with you. I hope that uh, that uh, something has been of interest to your listeners. I hope that um, it, it's had me a chance to think about a few things when, when, when we discuss this in advance. And I hope that uh, I've uh, given a little insight to some of your people about the life and role of a UK remaining remain-supporting cricket coach Uh, consistent parent management consultant who's old enough now to should have spent 30 years in the business and should know better but uh, it's been great fun i think you've asked everything simon it's been great fun talking to you my friend
0: thank you my friend for being part of the strategy show and you our listeners you will find the resources we mentioned as always in the show notes as and on strategysprints.com If you want others to help find this show, you can leave a comment on YouTube or iTunes and recommend the show in your social networks. Keep rocking. Happy day, Simon.